Hello, loreheads, and welcome to the League, exploring the League of Legends lore from A to Z. My name is Rebecca. And I'm John. My name is Mark. Today we're talking about the Exile Riven, who was released September 14th, 2011. What? Sorry, you said Exile and lingered on the egg a bit, and I just immediately... (laughs) (laughs) Why isn't he called the Exile? (laughs) Okay, well now I need an Exile Riven skin. That's what the Battle Bunny... That should be called. <laughs> oh, yeah. So should be the You know, exile. just because the Easter bunny lays eggs doesn't mean that actual bunnies do. What? No, I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Also, the Easter bunny doesn't lay the eggs. Uh, clearly, you haven't clear. seen the Cadbury commercials. <laughs> but really, this all has to do with Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bring it, it on you know. back to Jesus. It's so really the there. one who lays eggs. Oh, no, this one's for the man him. upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. Anyway, Riven. Uh oh. <laughs> That's not good. What happened? Do I still have the internet? Uh oh. Oh no. I hear we can you. still hear you. <laughs> okay. Oh, there you go. There you are. Okay. <laughs> That's great when you're recording a podcast and you hear your podcasting partner mumble, Do I still have the internet? <laughs> Not what you want to hear. <laughs> looks, everything looks good now. I guess we'll just keep rolling. What an episode for things to fuck up on. Uh, that's right. What is broken? <laughs> All right. Is that your uh, is that your impression? No, I have a different quote. What do you okay. have? <clears throat> Riven sounds like okay. <clears throat> a sword mirrors its owner. That's actually really good. I Thank think that's. I kind of like that more than than some of the VO because she sounds in the VO to me even it's even a little higher. She sounds like a little younger, almost. What is broken can be reforged. Hey, I snuck it in yeah. there, guys. Mm. <laughs> younger, maybe a little bored. Do you want to know how I did that impression in my head? I was like, "Do your phone sex operator voice." Oh, nice! And nice, that nice. was it because that's kind of what she sounds a bit like to me. My phone sex right, operator voice is Irish. <laughs> So no one will know it's me, right? <laughs> Can I get a? Yeah, we're a, gonna a, need. A, we're gonna need a sample. Yeah, what's a line you say a lot, Mark? Yeah, <laughs> I I can't because I'm smiling too much right now. I literally can't. Huh? <laughs> nope. I'll work on it. We'll come back to it. We'll circle back around. Right. We'll close the we'll close the episode with it. <laughs> we're gonna be like in the middle of talking about the river by when he's just I've gonna go-, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> No, I'm still. I still literally don't remember how to do an Irish accent. <laughs> Just Why like... did you touch me, Blarney Stone? There it is. Leprechaun. Leprechaun sensual sex. Uh, um, I have to think about it. <laughs> that that's what marks Irish. Friend. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hate, don't, no. <laughs> That's why they pay him the big bucks on that phone line. I dearly hope Sarah was about to, like, come into the room and then heard you do that and was like, no, man. Oh, oh, I didn't realize it's, it's that time of the night. <laughs> right? It's phone time. Riven has so much lore. I know, we need to stop. Uh, okay, hold on, let me get my... Uh, I knew I should have sprung for the blade warranty. That's good. I like Thanks. yours better too, Frank. 
frankly. I think both y'all are making her. <laughs> you're making her more like a little older, which I think she kind of needs. It's weird for her to be so like young sounding in the VO. In my mind, I don't know. Man, I don't think I know it. She's seen some shit. Yeah, and she's had her throat devastated by chemicals, which oh, that's not what I thought you were gonna say. <laughs> Everyone is of a mood tonight. Mark, is, Mark is the opera phone operator, huh? Not me. Um, I was just gonna say, yeah, we we saw the impact that the chemicals yeah. had on her friend, but she seems that's unimpacted. True. That's mm. true. Mm. But anyway, we'll get to that. It was the sword runes or whatever. Yeah, mm. the runes that the pale lady. Yeah. Created. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, on the Riot Universe page, Riven has uh, her bio, a page of a comic, just like one <laughs> is there. Um, uh, her she has her color story and then three parts of a short story called Confessions of a Broken Blade are all linked separately. She also has another massively long story. Um, what was it called again? Uh, Sisterhood, Sisterhood of War. That is not linked on her universe page. Not but linked. It is definitely still canon. It's still on universe, just not linked. It's just not linked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for funsies. Right. Because it know. belongs to so many other champions. It's probably on their page, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> you mentioned LeBlanc for half a second at the beginning. Maybe it's, it's on hers. It's so old, right? It's got all these like Legends of Runeterra cards in it. It's so old, they probably forgot about it, right? You know? <laughs> it, it definitely doesn't directly lead into the Warriors. Right? <laughs> it's definitely not referenced it, in her color story. Wait, is it Awakened? No. It's waking. Awaken. Fuck. I confuse them all the time. Well, you know. Uh, yeah, anyway. <clears throat> well, bios by Ariel Lawrence. All right. Oh, when was she released? Did you say that already? I oh, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. September 14th, 2011. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. On to the bio. Riven was a normal war orphan in Noxus. <laughs> they have a lot of those, I guess. A warphan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have fun here. <laughs> I, like, I like that Rebecca's like, okay, I'll, I'll reset. <laughs> Fine. Riven was a normal warfin in Nox. Uh, she was really good at killing folks with her big buster sword and made besties with all her battle buds. Borum Darkwill thought she was really cool and gave her a runic blade of dark metal enchanted by uh, just like a pale sorceress. Could be know. anyone. Could be anyone. Could be anyone. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why, in particular, LeBlanc, they dead refuse to mention by name <laughs> in, in everything. Everyone else, they'll start, I'm noticing it's just fucking LeBlanc. That they're like, oh, it was a pale lady. Pale lady. And apparently LeBlanc is the only pale motherfucker right. <laughs> <laughs> in this region. Anyway, um, <clears throat> Raven ended up in the fight against Ionia. It wasn't looking too good, so her unit was chosen to escort a new one with some mysterious new Zonite weapon in a big jar. The leader of this group was named Emistan? 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 Yeah, it's a Emistan. weird name. I like Emistan. Uh, when Riven had to call on Emistan for help, he just sent a flaming arrow at the big Zondar and blew it up. Uh, this resulted in a bunch of chemicals, melted and killed everyone except for Riven. Her sword protected her. And she kind of realized this war was not about expanding Noxus anymore, <laughs> but just about literally killing all of the enemies, no matter what the cost. Uh, Riven decided uh, to exile herself. She did not want to go back to Noxus after she was literally betrayed by them. 
Um, she also decided to break her sword. It's really vague in the bio how she does this, although we'll get a whole story about it. It just says she manages to break it, but it was at the cost of this old guy a village really liked. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically how they said it. <laughs> I think they said it in nicer ways, but this village really liked this old dude. Um... <clears throat> anyway, uh, it, then it says Ionia. It's all good with her, though. They're like, oh, whatever. It's it's fine. The old guy, he was old. He was going to die anyway. So, <laughs> uh, so she decides to stay there, but of course Noxus sends some people after her. Uh, she doesn't want more Ionians to die, so she does go willingly, unsure of what her fate will be now. Probably something to do with uh, fighting an angry ghost husband. Because <laughs> that's where she goes next. Can- canonically. Uh. And that's Riven's bio. That's Riven's bio. Yeah, yeah good job. Thanks. <laughs> it's weird to get a bio that actually covers all the beats of the stories that are going to follow it. I feel like yeah. often you get a bio that cuts off and then the color stories continue the story. This one just, like, encompasses all the story. <laughs> it does. I mean, this last paragraph has so much information, and then we get fucking 40,000 words, <laughs> basically, of short stories to uh, explain how she killed that old guy that the village really liked by accident, and uh, <laughs> and why they forgave her, and she meets Yasuo, and then a bunch of people hunt her for two million years, and it felt like two million years, and <laughs> they It took her. me three fucking hours to read that story. It was no a shit. long-ass story. It's, it is very long. It made me start, well, I was thinking, I was like, man, I'm getting really big Garen First Shield vibes. Yeah. And a lot so of ways I, I, I copy and pasted it yeah, I copied and pasted all of the parts into a separate doc because I wanted to know the word count of... Uh, this is Sisterhood of War. This is about uh, uh, all of, uh, the, you know, hunting Riven down and bringing her back to Noxus. It was 28,360 words. Mm, close. Which follows the definition of a novella. This oh. was not a short story. It, a novella is at least 10,000 words. So this was... So Garen First Shield, not the first novella. No, <laughs> it's the first one published. And I'm assuming... I mean, I don't know why they wrote such a long story like that. I don't know if uh, the author was told to write like a novella. I don't know if they were maybe thinking, hey, maybe this is something we'll publish. But it felt like it couldn't be read separately because I don't think it could be. Yeah. Like Garen First Shield. Who I don't know. Did, um, who did Garen First Shield? That was uh, Anthony, Anthony Reynolds. Reynolds. Oh, OK. Yeah. yeah. OK. So he did. He did that one in the ruination. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll talk about mm-hmm. it when we get to it. But I. I kind of liked it more than Garen First Shield, to be honest with you. Yeah, but, uh, me too. Yeah, it was a little more interesting. <laughs> yeah, literally, if you follow any country doing anything that's not Demacia, I'm probably going to like it more than Garen Honestly, First Shield. Honestly, <laughs> like, yeah, I feel bad, but Demacia is like just so unbelievably boring to me. So yeah, following like Noxians is going to be more interesting. Even in Garen First Shield, when they're fighting the Noxians and they're describing the forces of the Noxian side, I'm like, God, that sounds cool as hell. Now they got barbarians and shit. <laughs> right. I don't want Demacia to win this fight. They sound cool <laughs> as fuck. Can we get it from the point of view of one of the Noxians, please? <laughs> right? I mean, that's that's kind of Demacia's only strength, really, is that they help to highlight how everything else has these weird, cool shit. Especially Noxus has this weird, <laughs> cool military shit going on, I suppose. Yeah. I think yeah. it was funny you're saying, like, oh, we don't see that a lot. I feel like even the the author was, like, was kind of shocked because the rest of the bio is pretty normal and flow. And then, like you said, those last two or three paragraphs are just kind of, like, out of nowhere. It's like, uh, yeah. I, okay, I guess. <clears throat> I guess that shit happened. Um <laughs> 
makes me wonder like almost if this got updated after those stories came out maybe it must have been right yeah i I think it had to have been like i looked at the original bio but i didn't look at all that because this the bio's technically been updated like seven fucking times i'm sure Mm -hmm. typically i look at whatever the oldest and whatever the newest is but i'm sure the iterations of this have shit tacked on to the end yeah 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 definitely yeah, yeah, it's um about what I expected. I had heard a little bit. I don't think I had realized because I knew about the chemical uh like warfare and all of that. I don't. I don't think I realized that was what happened with Riven that she was involved in that. That was Singe, right? Is he the one who created that shit? They don't say it by name in here, but he definitely was. And they say he's a Zonite, a Zonite alchemist, yeah, but spelled alchemist a l c h y m i s t because like you know fuck he's it a, right. He's a fantasy alchemist. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to one of those. Real- <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I don't think I'd realize that. I, you know, it was a separate Noxian unit that just was like, well, I guess we're going to kill this entire unit of Noxians just to kill these Ionians as well, which is really supremely fucked up. And we talk a lot about we talked a lot about Noxus with Darius and kind of his misgivings about things that are going on. He was involved in. Ionia, and I can't imagine him ever approving this. Right. Because this was a Borum Dark Will thing. It was. This was not a this Swain thing. A, not a Swain thing, yeah. So I can't imagine. And I'm, I'm just curious about how Darius would feel about something like this if he knew what would happen. Because it sounds like from uh, future short stories that we're going to talk about that people, uh, Noxus is not aware that this is what happened. Yeah. Um, they know that there was a chemical explosion. Obviously, Noxus blamed Ionia for it. <laughs> that uh they're the ones who who kind of fucked it up so it's yeah and i initially when i read the bio too i thought maybe like because it doesn't get super into in depth about who her team was or like who her yeah. group was mm-hmm. so i kind of assumed like all right she's like a war orphan maybe like this is an entire troop of war orphans and they're like i'll oh, put the put the orphans out there and we'll fucking <laughs> sacrifice the orphans but we find out later that I mean, there's some fucking nobility yeah. in with this troop. Yeah. And even yeah. then, that, I mean, she is, even before that in the bio, right, it talks about her being accept. Like, she's so skilled that she is gifted, like, this dope-ass blade by Borm Darkly right? himself. So she's yeah. not expendable in that way. It's weird. That- so, yeah, I am curious if Borm Darkwell was aware that Riven would have been involved in this sacrifice. That's a good question. If I mean, he'd ordered it. Or if it, I mean, this is the point where maybe he had completely lost his shit. Because yeah. this is right before he's overthrown. Yeah. Right. So maybe he did kind of approve. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, wouldn't it be, mm. you were saying putting Daria, giving that information to Darius would be fun. And wouldn't it be neat if like she got taken back to Noxus and her story kind of resolved in Noxus and confronting yeah. all these things instead of. I don't know what happened exactly with Rise of the Sentinels, but I know she's out of there, I'm pretty sure. So isn't that a fucking yeah. shame? <laughs> mm-hmm. It sure is. It sure. <laughs> I remember I think we talked about it Which with is Rise of the Sentinels. everything else worked out so Everything well else was really good in Rise of the Sentinels. Olaf farting everywhere. Like, yeah. it worked out so well. Um, except this one thing. <laughs> but we were like, why? The Riven just, like, got out? Like, this is a really big deal for her story that she's imprisoned in Noxus and... Um, yeah mm. I kind of hope they just completely <laughs> pave over that and just leave her there because when you yeah. leave, like that's one of the best things about the bio I feel like is when you you finish reading it it feels like man there's a story that's actively happening right yeah. now to Riven yeah instead of oh she's wandering around waiting for some bullshit to happen <laughs> like so many yeah. other champions you know 
Mm-hmm. I'm getting upset <laughs> just thinking about it now. It's making me uh, pissed off. Yeah, uh. and, and especially getting her short stories and really getting like a uh, deep into how she feels about Noxus. She fucking hates Noxus now. She does not want to go back there. So the fact that she has been dragged back there is now in prison there. It's a really big deal. Although she does seem to have a little bit of hope, like, because all, all her friends were talking it up, like, oh, no, it's changed. You don't understand. It's a new Noxus now. She's like, well, maybe. Maybe it's a new Noxus. Yeah. <laughs> More Dark Wolves out there. <laughs> yeah, a, that is a big change. Who's the Swain guy? He seems like good news. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that pale lady near him? <laughs> Who's that pale lady? Man. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, I, well, I guess we'll talk about it when we get to it. Um I don't know much else yeah. for the bio. What do you want to hit first? I, literally, the only note I had for the bio is that we definitely have a cloud situation here. It's so it makes it makes perfect sense that you call it a Buster Sword. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a really good. Uh, man, that's just a big ass sword, and you would expect a big ass body to be holding it. You'd expect like an Alawi type mm-hmm. for a sword that big, but nah, no, nah, it's Riven, baby. <laughs> I like, I like the, she got cloud forearms. <laughs> Like in the bio, it's like, well, she did a lot of hard labor farming at her little orphan farm, and that's why she can hold the sword. I know, <laughs> right? Unlike all the a other kite shield, like that yeah, is really fucking, which is fucking big. massive. It's bigger than her too. Yeah, like, uh, what is she an ant? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they got the. They what is this sword for ants? Sword for ants. Anyway, uh, yeah, what order should we go in here? Okay, so, I mean, typically we like to go timeline-wise, but all this shit's kind of kicking off at around the same time. I had had confessions of a broken blade uh, first... Yeah, because I think that happened at least I before Seaman Scars. So I think so, and that then I think sense. the Sisterhood of War happened at the same time uh, as Seaman Scars. So I, I just <laughs> I'm 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 hearing it as I'm saying it now. I don't know if that's what you're laughing about, but I'm hearing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the name of the, the Seams and <laughs> Scars, not. <laughs> <laughs> not not semen scars. Okay, no, uh, that's a different story from from Mark's phone <laughs> career. <laughs> yeah, not uh, not a big seller. Can I just say? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody likes to hear about the semen scars. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can just get you to do the, do the accent for me. Well, I'm glad I didn't have to say it out loud. <laughs> I didn't hear it. Y'all are nasty. <laughs> My pure ears. Mm-hmm. Cubo. Uh. <laughs> All right. All right. So, Confessions of a Broken Blade. I don't know what he said. He said Pubo. I said Pubo. Get it. Is there a Kanzaya reference? Oh. <laughs> yeah, pubo, 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 semen Anywho, Confessions of a Broken Blade by I, Ariel Lawrence. Can we can we pull that audio and then when someone subscribes to our Twitch, that's what we hear? <laughs> I'm pretty open to that. That's, that's a reward in we and have, of itself. We have so many. We already wanted to do the big meat. Ooh, oh, yeah, that was what I wanted for you. That might be better. Confessions <laughs> of a Broken Blade. All right, what's happening? Uh, Riven's plowing. She's plowing a field. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> they constantly have her working in fields. She's plowing a field. Yasuo, or a stranger, sorry, 
Spoiler. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so Sorry, a, a windy stranger a shows windy up. Stranger. There is a picture of him right at the beginning. <laughs> a windy stranger. Yeah. He's got Yasuo's costume on. He's cosplaying as Yasuo. <laughs> Yasuo LARPer comes in and says, uh, <laughs> Asagi. But, um. <laughs> this is going to be a three hour long episode. <laughs> I can't wait for the Yasuo episode now so I can hear you. <laughs> Fear not, my lady. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I can't really like a weeb. <laughs> it was such a good impression. <laughs> Someone trying to do it. <laughs> I feel like that was you in high school. <laughs> nah, no, that's fucking. That's fucking cool. No, you played football in high school. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you must have been cool. No. Anyway, anyway. Yasuo approach. We're at the first paragraph of this short story, which is so long. It's three parts. Yasuo's there. They have a little back and forth, and we hear we hear that they're gonna hear some new evidence about the death of that old guy everyone liked, Elder Suna. <laughs> Thank you. And <laughs> some writers show up. Yasuo is gone. Yasuo is like Batman. Anytime you turn around and turn back. <laughs> He's gone. It's right. really funny. It's yeah, just, just like a, a wisp of the wind. <laughs> he just crop dusts as he leaves. But, um, God. Uh, the writers show up and they take Ribbon into custody, essentially. And we see also that she is now kind of living with an older Ionian couple. A guy called Asa and a woman called Shaba. And two days later, they go down and they're doing a trial, essentially, about this death of this elder guy. Uh, was there kind of peeping out the situation. They start doing the trial and we kind of learned that everyone assumes Yasuo killed this elder guy. I guess if you ever read Yasuo lore, you probably are familiar with this, but I haven't. So this is kind of new. Like, <laughs> I know he was like accused of some murder or some shit. Anyway, Riven's brought in. She has like video game protagonist amnesia. She can't remember anything yeah. about what's happened. <laughs> so they're, they're asking her questions and she's just like, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, the couple are kind of asked to testify and they talk about how they found her. They took her in. Uh, and very recently, Asa saw that blade of hers and went to go get it mended to try and help her, um, which is bad fucking news. So they bring in the blade. They see that they have all the pieces and there's like a little bit at the end that's missing. And this this bone dude, this guy who cleans bones from dead bodies, he's like a forensic scientist almost. He's like, I found this right. little shard in the neck of Elder Suna. And uh, it fits into the blade. And as they fit it in, the blade sort of unleashes this big wind blast because... One of the big like pieces of evidence against Yasuo was that, oh, Suna was killed with this wind technique. Only he and his student Yasuo knew it, so it's Yasuo. But we, you know, Riven's blades got wind. And that's the, the what happened. That's what kind of is like, oh, she did it. <clears throat> and she confesses, but she still has amnesia. She can't remember why. That night, uh, Asa comes in. Her adopted hu- father, almost said husband, adopted father comes in. <laughs> frees her but Yasuo has also shown up to kill his his master's killer they start fighting and Yasuo does some wind shit Riven's blade explodes and that shard at the end of it shoots out in the same way I guess it kind of did to the original elder to kill Asa and Yasuo stops it and we kind of that's when it's kind of revealed that yeah she did kill the elder but it was like an accident so it's cool she didn't mean to do it. She technically <laughs> killed it. It was like manslaughter. It's like negligence at worst. Well, <laughs> she had asked him to destroy the blade. Yes. Yeah, and that's, he did. Know. And then the shard uh, went in his, his neck. 
So is that like, is it, yeah. Whose fault is it's the well, pale it was, lady? It was Yasuo's <clears throat> fault. <laughs> <laughs> he did say it was his fault. He said he should have been there and he would have been able to stop. That's true. He would have been able to wind wall it. Did. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, because mm-hmm. I guess he was tasked with protecting the elder is the thing. So he has still yeah. failed in some way. Also, the magistrate who's been overseeing, she's like the judge, has been overseeing the whole thing. Is like there and has seen all of this play out. So so funny. Fuck. This is a scene like eight people came lurking out of the shadows one by <laughs> one, like a line. at it right the moment. It was so funny. Right. It's, it's like two a.m. Right. <laughs> Go to bed, guys. Kane pops out of the shadow. Like, hey, I was just hey, seeing what's going on here. You guys, Cassandra just walks through. One of the shadows. Need some snacks. <laughs> <laughs> Going to get some popcorn. Like Yin. Oh my god. So the next day, Yasuo is like, I don't know, he's still on his journey. Uh, the next day, they sentence Riven. <laughs> I don't know. He's still laden with guilt or some shit. He's got to go find Yone. Yeah. The next day, they sentence Riven, but they don't sentence her to death. They sentence her to kind of, quote unquote, hard labor at the uh, the Asa and Shaba's farm and to make restitution to the village. So they're essentially forgiving her and letting her live and just live there with them. And that's yeah, that's kind of where it ends, you know? My favorite part of the story right. is the bone cleaner guy, right? He was like, yeah, you know, I found the shard. And they were like, why didn't you bring it up before? <laughs> and he was like, my boss said it wasn't relevant. <laughs> and his boss was sitting there like, fucking cut. <laughs> I can't. This is the dumbest shit. <laughs> like, they were like, we need this plot point to come later. <laughs> not, <laughs> not just that, too. There was a shard of a... And it, if you look at the sword... Like, the shard at the tip that I think this is supposed to be, like, it's not a small thing. See, this is something I genuinely wondered, because there is a really big end shard, but there's also a really shiny little point at the end, and I thought maybe it was that Mm. little point. But I'm open to... I can be swayed. (laughs) What I'm curious about is, like, so there's... there's, That goes into the neck. Mm -hmm. You need the person cleaning the bones to tell you (laughs) that there was a shard in there? No one was like... Be- before it got to the bone stage, no one was like, hey, there's a big-ass shard sticking out of his fucking neck. Maybe it was just the size of his neck. Maybe he had a real thick neck. <laughs> thick as you know, fuck. Nothing could ever have hit neck. Master Yasuo, whatever his name is, his neck. <laughs> he was renowned for Old his neck. Old guy that we love. No one could have hit his neck. <laughs> his neck neat. Old guy with the dead self. <laughs> but, like, no, you're completely right. I, I think it's supposed to be that, like, the wind technique i don't fucking know i don't know it doesn't i, I agree it doesn't wind magic make, bullshit yeah, wind fucking, magic. But yeah i, 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 I did like agree. so they they refer to um uh asa and shava as uh ofa and oma mm. and i i remember in the yasuo cinematic um, he had kind of bumped into an old man and called him ofa mm. um so it was interesting i i, I heard them use that term here because in the cinematic i wasn't actually sure what Ofa meant. I was like, oh, is that like a is it just general term for someone elderly? Is he like a, a master of something? And I didn't know. So it was kind of, it was helpful to see those terms again in context. But then we went to a, a thing with Poppy, uh, our baby Poppy, and everyone was going around the room introducing themselves and like what relation they were to the baby that was there. And one of them was like, oh, you know, I'm such and such and I'm this baby's Oma. I was like, <gasps> what that's a real word and then i had to google it and it apparently it just means grandma and grandpa (laughs) 
Okay. This is like and my it's video an games. actual word and not something that they made up for their I did. It makes me think of at the start when Revan's plowing, she is repeating like the words like father, mother, brother, sister, and I guess Ionian, right? And it made me think back to Master Yi when he went to his parents' grave. And I thought Fair was his dad's name, but it is Fair, mm. and that's like just father. Oh, so, yeah. Correction, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Which we also know how to pronounce, thanks to Yasuo, yeah. who corrected she was saying pronunciation fair. <laughs> like an idiot. <laughs> we would never. <laughs> uh, I do like that looping back around at the end with her and the... I, I like Riven's adopted parents, I'll say. I like that as a, yeah, a step for yeah. her. Like, that part all works for me in this. You know? And that was sweet. They call her daughter. And they're like... they were They're such interesting characters, because, I mean, to be in Ionia in general and to forgive and take in an Oxian soldier is pretty massive. Even if they are someone to say that, like, you know, I've I've learned a lot of things and I regret what I've done. It's still, like, that's a that's a big step of forgiveness. Especially these two, because they, they lost yes, both their sons. Their two sons were killed in mm-hmm. this war as well. And, yeah, I don't know. I really like the sequence where Asa, the, the adopted father, is testifying because he's just talking about like when they found her and why they made the decision to take her in, um, and I just thought that it's it is that's also very sweet because it's almost like he's starting to like well up just talking about like it's not going to make things better if we kill her and it's not going to make yeah. things better. It's going to bring our son our sons back. So all we can do is just try and help her, you know. And and you can really see the care that those two have for her. And and I can't help but draw comparisons to like. Rel, because they're kind of similar in a lot of ways, and I was like, Riven for me is working so much more because it's a lot simpler, and she has these immediate relationships that you know kind of uh, bind her to other people, you know, in a way that's very sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another interesting thing about that courtroom scene too is they're talking about the benches. Mm. And Jesus. They say uh, the smooth swirls of the wooden bench should have should have been comfortable. They had been shaped by wood weavers to promote balance and harmonic discussions of civic duty. <laughs> and I want to know, first of all, what fucking design you need on a seat to do those things and how I get them. They're like spikes so that no one's comfortable sitting down. It's just like, okay, we got this meeting fucking done. <laughs> well, you see, the interesting thing about that is that very shortly after that line, it goes on to say that uh, uh, Asa is settled patiently on a creaky stool waiting to be called. It's like they couldn't get the woodbenders for that one, huh? <laughs> to make to just fix the creak. In There's the a stool. lot of people. All right. <laughs> they had to bust up the shitty chairs that the apprentices made. Right. <laughs> or grew. I don't know. That is pretty cool though when the sword kind of pops off how the, the main magistrate is herself this wood weaver lady and she kind of grows the bench itself to kind of protect against the the effusion of magic i was like oh, that's that's neat yeah. ionia is super cool in all these stories i yeah. will say it really is yeah you know? <clears throat> so that was neat the fact John, that her... iona is very much like the avatar universe mm. it's a little more like I'm... um fey realmy from like a like a D type <clears throat> which i kind of like too is it's even a little wackier mm-hmm. i feel like I really appreciated your next note after that because I also read that wrong. The moldy oh, yeah. egg fruit. Oh yeah. Okay, so there's a there's a quote here. Uh, Riven's being 
questioned and the people in the court are not happy because obviously they really like this old guy who died so they're not <laughs> she's happy about Noxus. her killer and she's from noxus even before she, you know. um so it says a moldy egg fruit sailed through the air and pelted ribbon in the neck but I misread it at first and thought it said a moldy egg fruit salad. So did I. I don't know why I also <laughs> thought it said a moldy egg fruit salad. And I was like, what type hmm. of fucking psychopath is making a fruit salad with <laughs> eggs in it? <laughs> huh. And let it get mold. Well, that's why they let it get mold. And moldy. letting right. it get mold. Yeah, because they took bite and they're like, nope, I'm like, leaving that for hell? the court case. Fuck this. <laughs> Honey, what's wrong? You haven't touched your egg and fr- your egg and orange salad. <laughs> wow! Not even Jax would eat that shit. Yeah, first of all, yes, he would. You just pick the eggs out and shake off the green. Yeah, they're scrambled. Is there fruit in my hard boiled eggs? What a misread! Uh, right. Uh, also. Has no one, in, everyone in this town seems to hate Yasuo a lot for someone who's clearly never fucking met him and doesn't recognize him because he's disguised in a hat. He has his hat up, <laughs> he's, he's got his hat, okay? He's sleeping, <laughs> he stinks on. of liquor. Who could that be, right? Super, yeah. <laughs> Superman puts glasses on. <laughs> That's true, but he doesn't, uh, you know, waft into the room upon a breeze <laughs> he also comes from a, a village that's larger than like 25 people right. <laughs> all right go where'd this guy get these fucking they, scars from on his nose they, they literally even trip that they over can him. see the scars on his nose <laughs> yet they literally trip over him <laughs> I, I, you know maybe this would land more if i had read yasuo's shit but i didn't so it's like the Yasuo stuff was just kind of whatever for me I don't know I feel like this almost kind of spoiled all of his lore but yeah I don't know maybe we'll see the other thing you mentioned too about um the the you know RPG protagonist memory loss is like I really would have expected that to have shown up in the bio because that kind of seems like a big deal. It kind of it's, did. Um, they oh, mentioned did that, like in notice. her. Well, they kind of they say in her days following the chemical explosion were really hazy. But uh, so I think like at this point, I, and I feel like it was more trauma than anything. Mm. Like it was not so much that she like bonked her noggin and now she can't remember. It was that she watched her loved ones melt in a fiery, horrible death. And, yeah. and the Ionians, I imagine that was also traumatizing, while her sword kind of put a shield around her. Yeah, she kind of blocked it out. Yeah, and she couldn't, like, use it to help anyone else. Like, they were dead the second that jar exploded. Except they weren't. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I will say, <laughs> I will say that the way it's written in the bio, it reads as if she had this period where she couldn't remember stuff and everything was a haze and then like at a later date went to get the sword broke so it's almost like she got it broken and it's stuck in this guy's neck and she's like oh this is great it's broken thanks and just didn't look up and just left him there (laughs) that's what it does sound like in the bio for sure Mm -hmm. yeah riven wait (laughs) (laughs) she's actually fine (laughs) left him there This is, for the record, the second person, in, we haven't gotten to the other story yet, but this is the second person who's tried to repair her sword for her mm. under oh, the yeah. impression that, like, this will make her happy. <laughs> I feel like she needs to be more clear in her intention that, like, no, I broke this on purpose. She's, 
stop trying to fucking repair it for me. I'm not interested. Spray painted on there. <laughs> Broke on purpose. Right, like a DNR, <laughs> right? Like And then and then just stop telling people that what is broken can be reforged cuz they're gonna assume that you want your sword fixed. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Stop saying that. That's like the one thing about Riven that for me is a little wonky is that I don't know whether she like thinks things can and or should be reforged or if they should be left <laughs> broken. She seems to kind of just bounce around about how she feels. About like home yeah. repair, I don't know. <laughs> Light bulbs should be changed, but never. <laughs> Riven lives in the dark the moment the sun's down. Oh, man. I'd watch Riven's home improvement show. Oh, my God, me too. Oh. <laughs> I was trying to think. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was trying to think of how Ribbon would, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm loving Fuck impressions. Now every ch- every episode is the home improvement. Aw! Oh, impressions. <laughs> what is this champion's Tim Allen impression? <laughs> and you can pick your own Tim Allen. It can be fucking Toy Story. It can be fucking Santa Claus. <laughs> jungle to Jungle. Oh, yeah. But you're all the same. It can be his weird conservative <laughs> rants. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> do you have anything else for this one? I don't I have much else. else. Okay. I do have notes for the shorter. The semen scars. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Chemical <Seems> warfare. <laughs> and scars, hun. Seems. Plural. I think it, it. What what got me is that I didn't write the plural. You didn't <laughs> in my notes, which really, uh, yeah, it's a very different title when you leave that s off, folks. <laughs> All right, uh, this is by Dana Lurie Shaw. Uh, it's from the point of view of an Ionian named Muramat. Muramat. Sounds good. There's an item named after her. Yes. Am I high? Oh sh- no? shit! Yeah, you're. Yes. Maybe I don't buy items. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up now. I think you're right. That that yeah. Holy shit. That name is sounds it like super a support familiar. item. Marat's. I'm thinking of Madrid's blood razor. Is the thing that's me- messing me up. It was a Tiamat. Oh, maybe that's mm, maybe that's about. it. Yeah. Okay. I don't think there is one. Oh, okay. There okay. should be. There should be. Where's Mira- Miramat's item? Miramat. Um. Anyway, she invited. Uh. uh uh, Asa, right? Asa mm. to, uh, to uh, sit by her fire and share a meal. She's not realizing that uh, Riven <laughs> was also there. So she inadvertently also invited Riven. <laughs> uh, Asa introduces Riven as his daughter and Miramat, uh, you know, knows that that's not totally true, but <laughs> accepts it. She starts to question Riven, who gets so emotional she breaks her plate and feels really bad about it. But Miramat is a uh, mender and fixes it. They have a conversation about scars and then go to bed. I thought it was just a, just a deep conversation. This plate looks better now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Some things, scars mean we're healing, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, a, I'm so sorry. It was just a very cliched conversation yeah. about, like, scars and healing and all of that. Anyway, bandits attack in the night and Riven defends uh, Miramat and Asa, I guess. Was he just sleeping through this whole fucking thing? Because we don't see He's him an again. old man. He Lazy needs his rest. Lazy old fuck. <laughs> just a fucking bastard just laying there. 
Anyway, uh, Riven doesn't kill the Ionian, so she just uh, uses wind magic of her blade to knock them all out. As a thank you, Miramot attempts to fix the broken sword, and through visions, she discovers people are hunting Riven and is unable to mend the weapon, but Riven doesn't want her to anyway. Which, if you're following the Riven lore on Universe... You'll have no idea who these people hunting Riven are. I wonder what that could be. Maybe it means those writers from that other story? (laughs) Is it Yasuo? Uh, Is it the Pale Lady? (laughs) I guess technically. Yeah, yeah, I suppose that's true. Uh, Yeah. I, uh, this, um, (laughs) when when he introduced Riven at his, for the record, I read this one before I read Confessions of a Broken Blade, because it's, Mm -hmm. I think, linked in that order. Yeah. Um, but I just thought to myself, like, if if you introduce someone that looks like Riven as your daughter, and this is like an RPG, you know that guy's dying at some point in the near future. Like, <laughs> oh, this is my this is my uh, spiky haired protagonist, <laughs> white haired daughter. daughter with amnesia. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I'll be fine though. Don't worry about me. I'm just the parent. Me and my hometown are going to be great. I wonder why I'm wearing this red shirt. Oh, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. For me, what fucked um, me up is that they have father in quotes, and they don't. It, it, I thought she said it out loud. I thought she's like father and then started you know talking about some other bullshit um i didn't realize that it was like mermot's internal like oh father hmm <laughs> so yeah uh also the action scene here is straight up just link fighting you know the coblins with a korok leaf <laughs> oh you're right <laughs> <laughs> from breath of the wild <laughs> took me a fucking minute okay <laughs> except they always get back up i know right <laughs> Um, also, okay, so this this bit was wild to me. So after the fight, it said, Riven shrugged, letting the shards of her sword drop to the ground. And it was like, wait, like, that's what happens to the shards after her ult wears off? I feel like on the rift, there should be like a 30 second... Every time she ults and her alt wears off, she should just walk around having to pick up the shards of her blade for the next 30 seconds she and, like, shove them, them into her backpack. She has to carry them around all the time. <laughs> Throws them out. Like, hold on. Let me put the sword together. One fucking second. Yeah. <laughs> I need to check the instruction manual. Oh, two fuck. I left that one back in. Oh, fuck fucking me. Ikea. God damn it. I let my nephew try building it last time, and he lost a piece. <laughs> We found it in some old guy in a village. Weary. <laughs> he died. We don't know how. Some got wind. Some, some wind student killed him. Must have been the wind. Yeah. <laughs> what was that thing that, that got y'all? I don't, I don't know. That was really just like it all like makes that, so much sense. Like that as an excuse all the time whenever someone dies. Like everyone's LeBlanc and every murder. It was the wind. I don't know. It's just like it reminded me of you know like every, every like Skyrim game. game where they were like they hear a noise and they're like oh, it must oh. have been the wind. Like it was the Aswell this whole fucking time. <laughs> uh, I feel like this story for me too and obviously it gets worse in sisterhood of war but this story was the breaking point for me in terms of like i get it she's the sword i get it i know i, yeah. I get <laughs> yeah i think that's 
you know, that's kind of the hardest or the weakest part of like Riven's whole shtick is that like they have a theme, <laughs> they have an idea, but they can't like. There's no, there's no subtlety in the first place, and they can't like get <laughs> past it. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it's it does start to get really tiresome. Um, I think Riven works a lot better without these like really angsty moments. Like some angsty moments are great, but sometimes they uh, are a little. <laughs> Dumb is a strong word. <laughs> but it sounds like you want to use it. Right. It's, it's, just, yeah. it's out Juvenile, there. maybe? I think it feels a little juvenile. That's like a, these parallels they keep trying to make. It, it's we, we we get it. I got it. I, I really got it. She's the, got a broken sword. But the plate actually no, looks kind of better with the scars. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's stronger almost. A, you know? She doesn't Don't actually have any scars. They're all like you know scars on mm. the inside god forbid uh, oh, like there's a female fuck. character with a lot of <laughs> visible scarring god that's so that's such a fucking shame compared to the other the the, the right? sisters right her sisters yes. fucking they sound badass i think that's which i guess we're gonna get to next yeah which was my favorite piece of lore for riven for sure even and though I- even though riven's only in the third act but it's still like <laughs> At least this is more of a Riven piece than Progress Day was a Caitlyn piece. It's it a, is. No, it's... Yeah. yeah. She's the driving thrust of this whole story, even if she's not featured in a lot of it. She is the driving thrust plowing through the scenes. <laughs> 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 nice combo. Damn. <laughs> it should be like a style meter that's like S plus right, right now. Yes. <laughs> I'm so good at like uh, Jackbox games. You just gotta keep throwing in the, the old jokes from earlier in the night. Yeah. All right. I guess we'll talk about it. But I completely. I, I think it's probably because she's not in it most of the time. I don't know. <laughs> she's not in it. Right. Being like my sword is broken. Like something else. I know. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that like the first entry of her live journal? <laughs> no, but it was probably mine. <laughs> oh god! Ribbonings and musings. I think that's why it feels she like she almost sounds like Vex sometimes. <laughs> it's really over the top. Like yeah, angst. yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing about her is that um, she doesn't. Everything around her is working real well, but her as a character yeah. is like really kind of one note, and she doesn't have like a lot of like really strong characterization outside of I'm quiet and I I feel really fucking bad. <laughs> I feel so yeah, fucking I'm bad, sad y'all. And guilty. Yeah. yeah. And like, hold on, I need to look something up real quick. Sure. But I'm pretty sure I mean we talked about all of her shit being right on the nose. Um but if I am correct about this Yeah, okay. So her name her name literally means to split or tear apart. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so speaking of being on the nose. <laughs> you know. Well, I, I, it's I wanna, fine. I would let that go. Yeah. I want to encourage Riot to like have ideas and themes and like a, a strong <laughs> thrust, thrust for a character. Right, like, I want to encourage Riot to have ideas. <laughs> I shouldn't have to say that, ideas. but come on, man. Like, there's a reason we measure shit in Heimerdingers and things like that, you know, where it's like sometimes yeah. it's it's what it says on the tin and there's nothing going on. So it's like... Anyway, you want to talk about this 30,000 word fucking story? <laughs> By Ian St. Martin. By Ian, yeah. Sure. Sure. So... This starts with a little missive from uh, from a woman called T- 
Tifalingi. I'll give y'all five bucks if you can spell it from the top off the top of your head. T E F. Nope. nope. <laughs> Get the fuck out. <laughs> it's T I. I know T-I-F- that. T I F. T I G. E L. Nope. J- nope. You fucked up again. <laughs> And I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, listener, you can go look it up yourself. It, it'll be a big surprise for you. Tiffalingi, who is being tasked by... They don't call her a pale woman, to their credit, um, but it is LeBlanc, <laughs> uh, to go find fucking Ribbon's Blade. Most of it's told from the perspective of a guy called Aerith. Aerith is an, from... He's a Noxian foot soldier. He comes into the Noxian capital because Noxus is doing a big fucking mobilization, and they're all going to Ionia. And at the last second, he gets a second new orders to go work for somebody. He doesn't know what the deal is. And he runs into Tifalingi. She's a rune weaver. She makes swords with runes, kind of like ribbons. Uh, they also run into Errol, who is a tracker. Has a bunch of... I didn't write it down. What are they called? Dracehounds? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dracehounds. Dracehounds that she carries along with her. Uh, and they're going to go to Ionia. Well, he doesn't... They, they honestly... They don't tell him anything. He just kind yeah. of is stuck there... Keep, keeping track of like the beasts because he was a shepherd so he's there to like take care of their basilisk and shit <laughs> because he used to take care of sheep he used to they take were like care. here's a basilisk here's a fucking basilisk it's like a sheep they best say best of luck <laughs> can real quick too am I alone here or like is Aerith what rookie should have been Aerith Ooh. is like such a perfect rookie mm. yeah I'm sure definitely better more than rookie was <laughs> I mean it's it's hard because Aerith has like growth and characterization and all these things yeah, that happen in, across the story and Rookie kind of can't almost so it's like yeah can he can he because we are Rookie so we're stuck <laughs> but we weren't <laughs> um they head south to pick up a member of their crew they get attacked by some raiders and while they're fighting the new member of their crew shows up it's almost like a little heist movie they're picking up their little members of their team um. Uh, she's called Merit. She was like a noble who had been cast down in the revolution. She rides on a big... I don't remember what they call it. I didn't write it down. I saw a picture of it because she's a Runeterra card. It's like a it's like a, a big Velociraptor or a small T-Rex. It's like somewhere in between those two. <laughs> yeah, they called it like a Sauron. Kind of like... I think that's like the... Uh, like a uh, an overall... I don't know, like a huge classification, not yeah. like the specific creature that it was. Yeah, called Henry. It sounded a lot like Scarl to me, to be honest, when <laughs> like they a, were describing it. Yeah, but it's like bigger and meaner and, and deadlier and, and angrier. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but that beast's name is Henrietta. Uh, they all gather up and they go only to its friends. <laughs> only to its friends. Yeah, to be fair, uh, they they cross the ocean and they get over to. Uh, what has happened so everyone's going everyone fucking everyone from Noxus is going over to Ionia because there has been some big to do in their fortress at Faerun is that did I write that down right is it not it's not Faerun right it's something else I I, I think that's wrong uh, Faelor Faelor Faerun's yeah. from like D&D or some shit um, yeah <laughs> which spoiler alert for our Cinder episode but we're gonna learn a lot more about Faelor soon because mm. she is the calamity oh <laughs> hell yeah I'm excited this place has been <laughs> fucked up um, it's been fucked up. It's pretty cool in the description. Get him, girl. <laughs> and there they find their last member, a woman called Tenef, who's like a shield breaker. She's got like a chain and a whip. Not a whip. It's like a, a chain link thing. She's fucking cool. She's a shield breaker. She fights people. She's like a shock trooper. Um, that night, though, uh, Aerith wakes up to have him and Tiff, Tiffalingi, the rune weaver. Um, they're actually kind of held at knife point by these three they've picked up who are essentially saying, hey, if they don't really believe what Tiff is telling them, and Tiff kind of stands her ground. 
and Aerith learns that they're all going out to go find Riven, who all three of these people, Errol, Merit, and Tenef, uh, knew. They're essentially kind of, they consider themselves sisters, um, hence the title, right? Because they fought together. And they think she's dead. And they agree to kind of go along with it for now. They go into Ionia. They have all sorts of misadventures. They run into, like, Noxian soldiers uh, harassing and abusing Ionian citizens. They they fight off uh, this sort of spirit beast monster thing. The river tries to drown them for catching a fish. You know, they're just having all sorts of problems as they're trying to get through Ionia. And eventually they come upon this... They're, like, stuck in this storm, and they get to this pe- place of refuge. And there is Aerith's... I wrote him down as Earth, sorry, Aerith's uh, father, <laughs> who's been kind of referenced throughout the story. And it turns out that Aerith's father uh, stayed in Ionia. He deserted with a bunch of other Noxians. They all deserted because they realized what they were doing was fucked up and wrong, and they lived in Ionia. The two leave on bad terms. Uh, they continue on. They eventually get to Riven, and all four of them, Tiff, no, not Tiff, sorry, Errol, Merit, Tenef, confront Riven, they go in to go just kind of talk to her at their house. Tiff and Aerith are kind of looking around because they're following Tiff's blade to find this fucking runic blade. They start finding the shards at this farm while Riven is having this back and forth with her former sisters. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped one little bit. The little bit is that as they're traveling, they come across the site of the actual chemical (laughs) attack, which is a huge fucking deal uh, where they kind of talk about what happened. All of them were there. They revealed it uh, like Errol, Merit, Tenef, all have these scars from you know being there uh they fight some Navori brotherhood folk and then they they get away and they get to go fight riven um as they're having this conversation back at riven's place uh Aerith finds asa so her adopted father we see that oh i didn't write her name down she's from the other one the, the adopted mother had just very recently shaba, died shaba. shaba yeah shaba had just very Heartbreaker. recently died yeah that's a real bad timing on for everything really uh, and so things kind of come to a head because they've got Asa, uh, Aerith has him at Blade Point, and um, Tiff is sort of demanding the runic hilt. And if Riven gives it, then uh, they'll let Asa go. Uh, Riven brings it out, doesn't want to give it over, and things start to kind of go a little haywire because the plan was we were going to take Riven alive and we're going to take her back because she's a deserter and that's what Noxian law is. Uh, but Tiff, who's under orders from like the Black Rose anyway, just wants to kill her outright. Merit sides with Tiff because Merit, you know, wants to restore her, her nobility and sees the sword as a means to it. Whereas Tenef and uh, Errol kind of stay on the side of we are going to take her alive. Riven and Merit fight. Riven kills Merit. Tiff gets a hold of the runic hilt, has her own runic sword, and starts going all super villain. Starts like monologuing, and then Aerith plucks <laughs> up a little courage and stabs her in the back and kills her. Uh, at that point, plucks up a little courage and stabs her in the back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was really fucking scary in this moment, I will say. At that point, they all kind of go their separate ways. Tenef takes Riven to Noxus. Errol just kind of works alone and goes off to go continue doing her work alone. And uh, Aerith heads back to go confront his father because the Navori Brotherhood they fought a little while back, they believe they were kind of tipped off by these, these uh, deserters that they had let live. He goes back. He goes ready to go fight his dad. And discovers, actually, his dad didn't give him up, died to torture instead of giving him up and betraying him. And uh, Aerith kind of decides to take his dad back home to Noxus. And that's the the end of it. It's very long. I've tried to summarize it as best as possible. My notes no, are great. great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I really liked this. I actually, the, the note, you mentioned that this was kind of like, you enjoyed this better than First Shield. And literally my last note here is, this is pretty freaking cool. This was Demacian First Shield, but better. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's kind of the, it's really similar, you know, right? Because you've got this, like this really foot soldier, low level person who's kind of seeing all this happen. And they're the POV character and they're going out to go, they're on this little adventure. Um, and it just, it works in, in, I think it works a lot better. Like all the stuff, like Ionia, the, the time spent traveling in Ionia is so interesting. It, it really hammers home. We've talked about it before, like how cool it is that Ionia, the land itself, def- fights off invaders. And it's like, wow, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm, di- I'm dying over here. It's okay. Um, <clears throat> you can see why waging camp- a campaign in Ionia would suck ass so hard, especially for like, yeah, just a regular soldier. You want to go live off the land? Okay, well, the river is going to try to kill you because you cut fish. You can't chop firewood. All this crazy shit. It's like, man, it's really, it was really interesting way of showing it all, I'll say. Yeah, and I will say so. some specific things that I liked better about this. If we compare the protagonists here, like um, Aerith versus uh, Cythria. So Cythria went in as an inexperienced um, soldier but like, you know, pretty, pretty good. And at the end, she was like slightly more experienced um, and trusted the people around her more. But that was kind of the extent of the growth for her in that story. Whereas like, I feel like Aerith went in super, uh, he went in super gung-ho, pro-Noxus, and also pro like, I'm kind of a badass. I want a blood feud to become second. I'm I'm real fucking cool. And went on this adventure and was like, holy shit, I'm not shit. Like, everyone around me is so much cooler than me. <laughs> and also like, wait, may- does Noxus suck? And then like, may- maybe Noxus doesn't suck. Maybe it's a gray area. And also maybe I do have the strength to do something when I need to. And like, he had a whole ass arc in this one that was just way, way better than Cythria's in like every way. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I, I really like a lot of what's happened in this story around um, just having characters with different perspectives on, like, is Noxus good? Is Noxus bad? You see people who really see the best in it and people who see the worst, and they've all experienced really hard times with it. Um, and, and Aerith is a great, like you're saying, kind of lens to to gauge almost your own perspective of, like, what do I think about all this? Because I've seen all these different ways that characters, like, believe in this thing or have been, like, completely betrayed by these things. Um, and, yeah, just the fact that, like you said, this random p- little pissant of a, a, a character, like, gets so much growth. And, like, they, the setup of, like, his dad, because um, he has this pendant that he's kind of constantly worrying from the very start of the story. And, and it's kind of slowly revealed that, like, oh, it was, like, the only bone they had left of his dad. And then that, that kind of... Uh, twist kind of midway through of his dad still being alive and them having this just this conversation where his dad's like why would I why would you believe any of this right like for someone who doesn't care about me who pushes me like pushes markers around on the map and doesn't consider that it's like our lives and the lives of these people is like I I, I really enjoyed spending time like in Aerith's head almost and seeing things through his eyes yeah and we get a lot of payoffs to tiny details in this story like they mentioned that bone they mention the pendant pretty early on, but are very unspecific about a lot of it until very far into the story where we do learn a lot more about it. They mention, um, you know, the the fact that uh, I think it was Errol. Errol's the one with the Drake hounds. Yeah, right? the one with like, the that? cough, I think you're talking about, right? Yeah. They mention her, the fact that she hates talking very early on. They don't like 
harp on it. It's just something they mention. Like later on, you find out like, oh shit, she inhaled a ton of chemicals. They mention the the other one's armor that she wears over her face is kind of a passing detail when you first meet her. That they that again in that big scene takes it off and she's super scarred. Um, but there's like a lot of tiny details that they introduce that they like pay off as the story progresses, which was great. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, on top of that. just even that, the all the characters of all the huntresses are all really distinct. Um, and they're, I enjoyed just kind of spending time with them. They felt nice and, and, and well realized. It makes me think again, drawing comparison to Garen first shield where like those also had some distinct kind of personalities, but they were all very kind of, they felt very like cookie cutter and sort of like, I think I remember describing it as like, these are horror movie victims, right? They've all got one really distinct thing and they're going to be picked off and killed as this <laughs> thing gets worse. And with these ones, like they have personalities and it feels a little more rounded on the edges would be the best way to describe it. Yeah. Well. I, I will say too, when we got to, basically when we got to the point where we meet his father, it kind of clicked in in my head that like, this is a dramatization of a D&D session we have the random encounters. We have the payoff of a tiny backstory detail thrown in to flesh out your character history. Like, oh, my dad died in a war. And then the DM's like, surprise, he's not dead. <laughs> you get, uh, you know, worrying about provisions <laughs> while you're traveling. Uh, you get five adventurers who are bound together, even though their characters don't particularly like each other. And you have clearly a ranger a mage, a barbarian, a fighter, and a level one druid who just joined mid-campaign. A <laughs> <laughs> little cousin. It's like, yeah, okay, it's fine. We got pack animals. He's got good animal handling. He just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's just it's it's well crafted narrative. I I feel like, and I think that's you know, no matter the medium, right? It's it's just I think it's pretty well put together overall. And can I say the action sequences? really fucking cool there's this one where the rune smith she stabs a guy and then activates the runes and it sets him on fire and in that same fight one of the ionians start singing and the fucking noxian ghosts come out of the ground and start fighting them and it's the dopest shit and i just yeah, say this is i think the first time i could be wrong about this but i think this might be the first time it's ever mentioned that Ionia has necromancers. Mm -hmm. Historically, that's been a very Noxian thing. And it seems like something that would, especially in Ionia, be considered super sacrilegious. And it clearly must be because they even mentioned the dude who's... The dude who... The way he's doing it is he's singing a song that's bringing the dead back to life. And it's specifically mentioned that the the song itself is just so uncomfortable for people to listen to and while he's singing it there's blood just pouring out of all of his orifices <laughs> like it's it's ah yeah i don't know it was very cool um but I, i'm curious if we're gonna see this pop up anywhere else i know that it worked in this field specifically because none of the people who died here were able to pass on like the 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 chemicals that killed them like destroyed everything here, including like the magic that binds this realm to like the spirit realm. So everyone who died here is just still fucking here, which is also kind of terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. I, I liked it because they, at one point, they described the singer as being like dirged, 
like as if it's a state of being. And it made me think of like Carthus, and I was like, man, I would yeah. love some sort of tie between what's happening here and and just Carthus of all characters, because it's a, just a cool image, like you said, that they would kind of invoke this crazy. Fu- Even Aerith is like, wow, this shit's fucked up. Ionians wouldn't do this shit. <laughs> um, yeah, all the action sequences here really worked. Like, just they're just. I really liked this. It was for its length. I, I really did not feel the time I spent with it. I was like, I was really compelled to read through it um, in more ways than like even ruination, which you just talked about, you know? Yeah. This like, I, I, I don't know if this was before or after we actually started recording, but this legit took me three hours to get through. Um, and I mean, it was a good three hours. I, <laughs> I have some random ass notes here. Mm. Uh, the story basically opens up uh, with that meeting between LeBlanc and uh, uh, Tifalengi. Um, and it said, LeBlanc said, Your mistress spoke highly of you. Resourceful. It spoke the word in another voice, the voice of Tifalengi's teacher, which, like, what a fucking needless flex by LeBlanc <laughs> to, to, to just she could have just said oh your mistress spoke highly of you she said you're resourceful but no just had to like turn into her teacher and say resourceful in her voice yeah. well, I mean, even uh, that... you know if you could do that you would too <laughs> <laughs> that's fair I suppose uh, and there's one of the so uh, I, I really like this characterization of Noxus too. That we uh, wrote down the same quote. I wrote this. Down oh yeah? <laughs> yeah. Oh well, you can do it then. Uh, I didn't write down the whole quote. Oh, okay. I wrote the end, which really I thought summed up Noxus so well, and it was "kill them until their family." Mm. I yeah, that was a really good line. John has the full line though. Yeah. So Aerith said that his father. Uh, he said he had been taught to kill his enemies, his empire's enemies, but never to hate them because an enemy of the Empire was never more than a ceremony away from being a wayward brother or sister brought forth with honor and purpose into the arms of Noxus to stand beside Aerith in the line to make him stronger. Which is like a really cool, just like view of Noxus. Like they're, you know, these people aren't like, we don't, we're not fighting them because we hate them. We're fighting them because we legitimately think that we have something better to offer them that you know they could benefit from and it'll also make us stronger so you know it's a win-win and obviously that's a you know that's that's their viewpoint not everyone <laughs> needs noxic yeah <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> yeah well i mean that's what i really liked about again spending time with Aerith and seeing his uh seeing his that ideal run up against reality like that scene where the yeah. uh, it, like the spirit blossom festival i think is going on while this is happening and there's this bit where they're in a town and Noxian soldiers start harassing this uh, this elderly Ionian because he's got tea and they think it's a weapon because they just because the Noxians had just been attacked. Um, and he kind of just is like, how could we, I think afterwards he's like, how could we ever get these these people to be a part of the Empire when it's like this? And and it's just like, yeah, you don't, you that ideal like completely is, is just like, it's only theoretical. And when you get into like the, the the boots on the ground, this is what's happening. Um, you start to question how like you could ever expect that to actually be the case. And I really, um, I just really liked it as a. That was kind of a sad scene because he's like the guy who was just yeah. trying to get tea for I think I think to talk to his dead son. I think that was my understanding of how that that worked. I think yeah. they mentioned that uh, the souls are carried in like you can carry those souls back so i think he was taking his dead son back so that his wife could talk to him yeah and like his soul was in those tea leaves and 
they just spilled them all over the ground where they were immediately washed away yeah. <laughs> in the rain. Plus, I love the I love the Ionian curse for like epithet for Noxians. They call them like a word for oh, locust. Yeah. I was like, oh, that is so like cutting, it's perfect, right? Yeah, I feel like in in this story in particular, Noxus feels very Fire Nation from Last Airbender, which I kind of felt that occasionally before, but really in this one, and, sure. and Zuko having that realization of maybe we're not making everyone's <laughs> lives better <laughs> by invading their homes. I did find it interesting that Aerith kind of ends up still. Like, he goes through an arc, but his arc is that he decides, yeah, Noxus is in the right. This is the right thing to do. You know, like, he, he like, even after everything he's seen, he still seems to, like, have fully come over to the side of, yeah, you know, honor and glory. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. Um, so there's a, there's a point here, too, where, where Aerith is going to get some firewood, and it says, uh, I'll go get some wood for a fire, said Aerith, uh, drawing a hatchet from where it hung off Tal's back. Take care in how you do, warned Tenef. The trees here are alive. Aerith frowned. Aren't all trees alive? <laughs> and then Errol said, she means they'll kill you alive. <laughs> Which, in my mind, this is the direct prequel to the Ionian Legends of Runeterra cinematic, and you can't tell me otherwise. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty one-to-one. I wrote, wrote down a quote before that that I thought was really <laughs> funny. Um, well, it just reminded me of something funny. Uh, the legionary plucked the scroll from Aerith's grasp, the paper looking ridiculous in his thick, gauntleted fingers, which made me think about Gaston. <laughs> <laughs> the book. There's no pictures. <laughs> There's no pictures, because that's kind of what it seemed like when he grabbed it. And he, he opened the scroll by crushing it in his fist, and then the wax all fell up, and then he opened it. Like, he couldn't just open the seal. He was like, rah! <laughs> Anyway, uh, <clears throat> there's another quote here that said, uh, "After weeks traversing a realm of wild magic, of illusion, uh, and illusion. Uh, this is when he meets his dad, by the way, uh, of illusion and the uncanny, he had to ask the obvious question: Are you real? Which I feel like is them just trying out this line before they put it in Arcane to sure. see how it lands." <laughs> I like, frankly, it worked. <laughs> I love like a team of scientists just like staring at like the little, mm, put it in the works With column. Speakers and mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> the liquid oh. turns green. It works. It works. <laughs> oh, oh, another fucking fucked up thing about Ionia here that has not been mentioned anywhere else. It says uh, they said. They use bombs oh, that yeah. mimic the sound of children screaming to rob us of our sleep. <laughs> like, they use fucking what now? <laughs> that was a really cool detail. When they're, like, going back to the first Ion, like, like a little flashback, right? For, like, the first Ionian invasion. Yeah. yeah. Let me tell you, fucking effective. <laughs> I will say. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's really uh, cool. Last note I had was... uh. Riven has a quote at the end of this story, which uh, I think is just so Riven. (laughs) Uh, That which is broken cannot be pieced back together. (laughs) (laughs) Pick a fucking lane, Riven, all right? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. I wish she would make up her fucking mind a little bit. <laughs> That's what I was saying. It's the amnesia. She's, she, she can't remember which one she believes in. So she just keeps saying them both. Saying what feels right. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that's all I had for this one. All right. Well, <clears throat> let's keep powering on. Let's keep plowing on through. Let's like keep ribbon. plowing on through to the next uh, next canon piece of lore here. <laughs> Let me finish my wine. Rise <laughs> of the Sentinels. <sighs> oh, Mark's out. I'm out. Ah, <laughs> uh, so. In Noxus, the Sentinels discover that their base has been paved over by the Reckoner's Arena, where gladiators are fighting wraiths. Uh, Draven's presiding over the ruined crowd, um, which, for the record, I feel like it's never fully, uh, you know, like, why is why is Viego ruining people who are just fucking chilling watching arena battles and not having them do his bidding? Who fucking knows? Um, but uh, He's got time to kill. He's got time to kill. Uh, the Sentinels win but they get thrown in prison anyway. Uh, while in their cell, they meet Riven, who has devised an escape plan that requires the rookie's silver tongue. How did she know the rookie had a silver tongue? And which version of rookie is it that has this silver tongue? Because it certainly wasn't mine when I was playing it. Who knows? Uh, so what are you talking about? The only options you have were fantastic, <laughs> right? brilliant, sweet silver true, tongue. Uh, they do manage to lower guard to their cells before ambushing them and stealing their keys. The group then fights their way through the remaining guards and reclaim their weapons. Once free, Riven and the Sentinels follow the Black Mist to the Immortal Bastion. They find wraiths pouring into a statue of Mord and discover an entrance to the city's catacombs hidden behind the monument. Uh, Senna Riven and Rookie descend in search of secrets that the Mist seeks out while the others guard the escape. Uh, they eventually arrive at the Black Rose's chamber and uh, enter. They enter it after Rookie shares one of their darkest secrets. Uh, why is that the only way to get into the most secret cabal in Valoran? Who knows? Because knowledge is inside pattern. the chamber. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, once they get in, Senna, Riven, and Rookie confront Viego, but he vanishes after dropping a Draven on them. Um, they uh, <laughs> they beat Draven. And the Sentinels are preparing to depart, but they notice Riven sitting alone, and they offer to let her join them with the promise of giving her a new home. Uh, so she joins, and Gwen outfits her with a new uniform and a relic sword. How does that sword work exactly like the same one the magical dark rune sword had that caused all this drama with the Black Rose? Who knows? Um, then later in Ionia, the Sentinels are confronted by Aurelia, who mistakes them for enemies. Uh, and while Aurelia initially refuses to believe any group containing Riven can mean well for Ionia, uh, she agrees to take them to Karma and the Lasting Altar. Much quicker than you'd expect. People expect Aurelia to just be fucking cool with Riven and her part in the war. You know, literally escorting the payload that was used to devastate the landscape and the people. Um, but, uh, you know, they do. And she does. So, uh... You know, moving who on. Fucking cares. <laughs> no. uh, now she's also mentioned in Orchid's Bloom uh, by uh, Michael Yi Chow, which is the um, Lilia. Lilia. I don't remember it. Sorry. I think her. Uh, her, her uh, 
Yeah, who knows? You know what I'm remembering? Uh, and then The Unforgiven by Ariel Lawrence, which is the <laughs> asshole bio. Just one thing about Rise of the Sentinels. You know what I remember? is about The reason they were able to escape is because Noxians don't wear armor on their backs. And I remember we thought that was really now fucking I goofy. This, <laughs> I have this in the comic section of this. So Riven does make it into the comic version of this tale in addition to the uh, in-game version, mm. unlike some of the Sentinels who didn't quite make it in the comics. So she's in Steadfast Hearts. Um, and like Mark mentioned, she has a quote uh, after they knock the Noxian out. Um, she says, Noxians never turn and run from battle, so they don't bother armoring their back. Now it's worth mentioning, she says this after knocking out a guard um, by hitting the back of his very armored head uh, against a, a bar. Um, and I mentioned that uh, she and Aurelia came to a quick truce in the in-game cinema, or the in-game uh, visual novel. They come to an even quicker truce in the cinematic where it's just like, Aurelia's like, no. And then the Sentinels are like, but please? And she's like, okay. <laughs> Like a single panel. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, it's funny, because maybe, maybe Riven was onto something, and that's why Tiff got stabbed in the back by Aerith, because she didn't have any armor on her back. Mm. So Rise of the Sentinels is good, actually. It is. It, it is they good. Were, they were it thinking. Good. We don't have to keep talking about it, but it just made me giggle as I remembered all that. <laughs> <laughs> also, if you do read the comic, Riven, for some reason, is illust- like her face is illustrated like she's Gara from fucking naruto and i don't know why no one gets it no no (laughs) it's not naruto is not a deep cut it's a very deep cut naruto Naruto? what is this naruto like a narskin now uh she's got some old lore hell yeah yeah no the bio is basically the same honestly it's just got less detail yeah She's got a Journal of Justice article. Oh, I saw that. She's got a judgment, she's got a judgment too. Yeah. She does have a judgment. In the judgment, we find out that the group she was with was called the Fury Company. Ooh, that's a terrible name. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's well, w- wait until would just wait. The chemical division that was you know um, doing all the chemical stuff. They were the Zonite the chem- Melters. Oh, I, thought- I assume just melting folks. I assume Melters was not the company name, but was like like devices or weapons of war that were called themselves. Mel- like you call a tank a tank, you call a melter a melter. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? I do call a melter a melter. <laughs> That's how I read it. This is reminding me of that uh, that old show on Nickelodeon, Meltman, with the power <laughs> to melt. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a deep. wow. That's a yeah. <laughs> that might be too deep for me. Fuck, All I know it? from mm. melt, melting people is uh, Alex ca- Mack. Ka- kablam. Oh, yeah. kablam. kablam. Okay. Yep. All right. I'm with you. I'm back. <laughs> uh, I'm very old. <laughs> now, it, in this version, by the way, uh, Riven is also way more ruthless um, than she is in current canon. So she has a personality. More Kinda, so a yeah. bit. Um, we also get a cool different telling of this attack. So in this, I kind of like this version of it better too. Um, in the judgment, the way it happened was they had gotten intel that there was going to be like a huge army of Ionians. Um, and then word got in that uh, there was actually like a, a fraction 
of the people that they were expecting because a lot of them were like already dead so they were like you know noxus was like okay the the maybe the melters came and did their dirty work ahead of time so they went in and there's all these dead ionians everywhere um and then it turns out they were just fucking faking it a bunch of like two-thirds of the dead ionians were actually alive just pretending to be dead lying amongst the corpses of their brethren so they could set up an ambush for this noxian troop uh so they they pop up and they are winning the fight pretty hard um and riven was actually pretty resigned to this so riven in this ver like this version of riven is very much single-mindedly like the strong will survive um, I'm alive because I'm strong. And at the end of this fight, it was like, all right, well, I lost this fight. This, the strongest people are going to win this one. I'm cool with that, I guess. Um, and then they uh, used their big chemical weapons. And the first thing that Riven was, Riven was like pissed off. Like, what the fuck? Like, they were stronger than me. <laughs> I should have lost this fight. Why didn't I lose this fight? Yeah. <laughs> mm. um, and that's when Riven lost her belief in the Noxian ideal that <laughs> the strong would win because <laughs> I don't know if I like that better. No, I just liked the I liked the uh, um, the details of like the attack. The, I, the I liked the Ionian ambush oh, okay. better. Gotcha. I yeah. thought it, I thought that was like a cool strategic yeah. thing they did. Yeah, it's more vague in the bio. It's more just like they got cornered somehow. Yeah, I think you could clean up. You know, you just get rid of you chop off the end bits about the Institute of War. You clean up one or two. Th- things and uh this could just be a color story about this moment um it works yeah. pretty well it's pretty effective because yeah. all the stories i mean we didn't talk about it necessarily in sisterhood of war but uh, a lot of them a lot of the chapters open with memories of some of the sisters and um you know their parts of the battle like we kind of see i think it was errol again um her memory of the battle was just kind of waking up under a pile of bodies and being like suffocating under a pile of dead bodies and having to claw her way out Mm -hmm. and then when she finally did get out and like took in a big breath of fresh air it was just all chemicals and it just fucking ravaged her throat which is why she you know talks like that now but like yeah that would have been a perfect place for a a telling of that but but yeah Uh, and then she's got a Journal of Justice article (laughs) Uh, did you want to do that one did you did you have notes on that one I didn't write it down because it's really short it's essentially it is. Um, it's essentially a, it's one of the it's a mailbag it's a mailbag of justice. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> someone asked a summoner asked Riven, "What is the exact question?" It's kind of asking about her her backstory, like her like tell me about your history, but you don't have I, to. It's a little coy. Well, oh, I might have had a maybe it was a different one. Oh, cool. um, so the one that I have was. Uh, they asked, I oh, noticed that your right hand yes. comparatively to your left is much bigger and fitted with an arcane gauntlet. Do you use this to magnify the strength in your hand and arm so you can wield the mighty sword you use once fully formed? Um, and I loved her response. So it said, uh, the gauntlet does nothing to increase my strength by any magical means. Strength must come from within. It's a remnant of the armor I've possessed since my time in the service of Noxus. Like my blade, it is a reminder of where I came from. And her assertion that it isn't magic because true strength comes from within, I wouldn't use magic, is fucking wild given that her massive ass sword that gives her her strength is just fully ass magic. Even in the old lore was just fully ass magic. (laughs) Yeah. Ass magic? What kind of ass magic? Yasuo. Crop dusting (laughs) is the way. (laughs) 
Yeah. What I love mm. about her response is that it starts with, well, you know, she's really reticent to give answers, but I was able to get every fucking champion in the mailbag of justice right? does not want to give interviews. They do not give answers. They don't talk. And it's like they can get the smallest sound bite out of them. I don't know, they've all been coached really well by their PR people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was the old stuff. And then uh, we mentioned she shows up in the Awakened Cinematic, which is also canon, takes place after, so good. Uh, after the Sisterhood of War. Um, and uh, basically, Riven's been taken back to Noxus. This is after Sisterhood of War, before Ruination. Um. So Riven's been taken back to Noxus and is in the is in the execution pits, um, and the second invasion of Ionia is currently underway, um, which also kind of makes me curious. Like, what do you think the range limit is on her ability to call her sword bits back to her? Mm. Because Draven throws her sword hilt at her in this story, and she is fighting with the hilt, and she is like in the in the Sisterhood of War story. Um, the, the Tiff was holding all her sword blades and then she just held up her sword and fucking accioed all of them <laughs> over to her. I'm curious if she could have done that in this fight with Draven and ended it real fucking quick. That's a good question. I think it's a better question of why does Draven have the sword hilt? Why did he give it? I mean, I can see why he gave it to her because he's impulsive, but why did he, why does he have it? I feel like the, the, the blade, the yeah, How did Black LeBlanc Rose, let that shit yeah. fly? Maybe it's LeBlanc. Yeah. Maybe it's not actually Draven. <gasps> Someone needs to find one still frame of that cinematic where he's like more pale than you would expect him to be. (laughs) Or he's just sitting in like a way that they would make a lady sit. You know, they have to animate women. He's just got his back arched. (laughs) It's like the Hawkeye experiment. Speaking of which, Mark, you sent over her original splash art. Okay, so to be fair, Um, in Ryan's defense, this is an unreleased splash art. And I think, thank God for whoever said. No, to that. Okay. <laughs> I gotta see it again. Okay. Now, oh my god. Now, what I love about this, we just talked about how they love, because they love arcing the backs of all their female champions, so they're in really weird poses. And it seemed like the artist for this one was given the note that, like, oh, we want, we want the the back bent, but they didn't specify which direction. <laughs> so instead of like bending it like this, the they have her way. like bent like a fucking cat, like She's coughing like... up a hairball or something. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. This makes me hold on. Oh, oh my god, hold on. There's one where someone photoshopped a motorcycle in, and because it looks like she's riding a fucking motorcycle. I'll send it to y'all later. We'll post this shit to Twitter. I'm sure. Oh, I gotta see that. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Oh, oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, now she's also in the uh, Beyond the Garden cinematic which is the lilia teaser uh, oh. where spirit blossom ribbon uh shows up when lily is doing her dream snooping hmm. she's creeping she creeping mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh there's a few quotes mm-hmm. uh a broken blade is more than enough for the likes of you and should never be repaired and should never be repaired <laughs> until it is repaired in which case it should be repaired but it can't be the scars <laughs> Um, <laughs> Raven <laughs> 2023 uh, But uh, 
but this quote is likely a reference to uh, Ichigo Kurosaki from Bleach. Uh, I don't know that. Who says, yeah, so uh, that's a too much of a deep cover. <laughs> a dull blade is more than enough for the likes of you. Cool. Uh, and then Riven and Zareth share the quote, sacrifices must be made. It's weird that she would say that now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. She needs a VO update. For real bad. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And they gotta figure out. They gotta sit down, right? You gotta have a meeting and decide, does Riven think broken <laughs> things can and or should be repaired? Because <laughs> she can't decide. <laughs> Picturing, like like Mark Merrill and Brandon Beck, just like all the right executives. Emergency. They've been in there for nine just hours. War room. Yeah, war room. The wall. The wall is covered in note cards. Oh, oh my god. Anyway. She's got a lot of uh, skins. She's got oh, a yeah, lot sorry. of skins. Y'all want to hear about some fucking AUs? Because yeah, there's I a bunch. Pee, so yeah. I'll do my best. All right. We got Ages of Runeterra. Where are glimpses of selves in other lives, clashes of fate in another era. Runeterra is a world rich in possibility as its Ooh. legends find new destinations and destinies. And this is Redeemed Riven, which uh, has no lore, but like okay. she was probably redeemed, right? That's probably <laughs> the <laughs> that's probably what they're getting at here. Yeah, she got a hood. You know, that's how it works, right? Yeah. <laughs> Her sword looks better. <laughs> She's got a hood. She can now go to a courtroom and no one will know it's her. <laughs> They'll trip directly over her. <laughs> her giant ass sword. <laughs> Who's this? Who the fuck is this? <laughs> and we got Crimson Elite. What the hell is this? I've never seen this before. We can neither confirm nor deny the Crimson Elite's involvement in any criminal activities and request all inquiries be directed to local authorities. This one's Crimson Elite Riven. Though officially listed as killed in action, the rogue operative with the broken blade harbors no regrets for abandoning her conrades in their most dire moment. A turncoat become mercenary, she operates in the outer limits of civil society, lending her blade to the highest bidder. Um, and this is this was originally envisioned as how Riven would look if she came back into the ranks of Noxus instead of redeeming herself and putting herself oh, into exile. They gave her a real... Uh... Look at the boobies on this one. Oh, yeah, they are pronounced and yeah. shiny. And you can see your belly button through this full-plated armor. Do you see that dark line of her belly button? <laughs> That's a little oh, belly yeah, yeah. button. They were real horny. <laughs> we'll draw on this one. Uh, uh. Uh, then we got The Grind, which is uh, what Day Job is part of now. The Grind isn't just work. It's the struggle. The hustle, sometimes invigorating, sometimes demoralizing. This is not it's Battle a, Bunny Ribbon. It's a week-long roller coaster no. with comedic bends and tragic drops, only to start all over again on Monday. Are we working hard or hardly working? It's all the same on the grind. Mm. And, uh... As Rebecca mentioned, no. this one is Battle Bunny Riven. What's which, her job? Which also has no lore, and I'm not sure what this implies <laughs> about her job. You know, you gotta, you gotta make ends meet. Everyone's got a side hustle these days. <laughs> this is just the cosplay skin. But that takes us to Anima Tech. 
What? Humankind is on its last legs, nearly defeated by a high-tech army of deep-sea invaders called the Primordians. Enter Anima Squad, elite fighters using salvaged Primordian tech to push back against the end of the world. To save humanity, they'll have to fight like an animal. And this one is Battle the Bunny actual, Prime okay. Riven. Riven volunteered for what would eventually become Anima Squad after losing many comrades in the early days of the Primordian invasion. A string of victories later, she is famous, a war hero looked up to by all. So why has she suddenly vanished when the world needs her most? Oh my gosh. Who knows? I don't know. Oh no. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? <laughs> I like how serious it is. Let me got <laughs> I know, it's so serious for a, a one where everyone is like... A, a, bit, a bunny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we got Arcadia, home to the server's most competitive arcade gamers and justice-driven NPCs. Here, the heroes always play to win, and that means overriding the battle boss's corrupted code, even with the odds stacked against them. Victory won't come easy, but seeing the surprise on the boss's faces after an incredible outplay will totally make it worth it. This one is Arcade Riven. Riven's part-time job at an arcade mostly involved playing dance simulators after her manager went home. Then, digitally transported to Arcade World by even scarier bosses... She's now using her moves and some gear from her favorite RPG to tear up Vagor's Vagor's regime. <laughs> Tearing up Vagor. Get him, boys. <laughs> One enemy at a time. <laughs> Stuff by the void. Tearing up Vagor. Man, it's, we're getting a little collection going here. Oh. Now we got Dawnbringer. Order and light reign through deities of dawn, bringing structure to a nascent world locked in conflict with the forces of night. This is Dawnbringer Riven. Born from swirling energies at the dawn of creation, Riven is the living embodiment of order in the cosmos. Fated to clash against the Nightbringer for all time, she awaits a day when her light will finally break his darkness. I just got Dayman. <laughs> Fighter of the Nightbringer. Oh. Ah. I thought you said Rain Man. Fuck. <laughs> that was really puzzling right there. Okay. Oh. Like I haven't seen Rain Man in a while, but I feel huh. like it's a it's a post credit scene. <laughs> Rain Man will return. Uh, <laughs> the end question mark. <laughs> Now, this has a comic called Unto Darkness, which basically shows the battle between Order, which is Riven, and Chaos, which is Yasuo. Uh, it ends on a cliffhanger, and there must have been some sort of fan vote or something when this was released, mm. because there are endings illustrated for both sides winning. Mm. Um, although, no matter which side wins, it's implied that the winner kind of becomes the other person, and the other will be reborn on the other side of the conflict. So, like, mm. when Chaos defeats Order... You kind of see, like, uh, you know, him becoming more light as Riven dies, and she's mm. like, "This is the beginning to a new end." And, and, and he all becomes this shit. the Dayman. Yeah, <laughs> where he must then fight the Nightman. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and we got Pulse Fire. After unlocking the secrets of time travel, these champions are thrust into a far-flung dystopian future. While Chrono Enforcers relentlessly pursue them across time and space, a small few have escaped into history, taking their technology along for the ride. This is Pulse Fire Riven. A worshipper of temporal purity, Riven knows there are many others who would rather see time manipulated in their favor. These heretics give her blade purpose. She can only find true solace in eliminating all who would disturb their natural order. Now, she's not actually part of the Chrono Enforcers, or like the Remembrancers, as they're called here. Um, but she just does exactly the same thing, but just kind of for funsies. She just like, <laughs> like yeah, there's this organization that does this, but also I could do it by myself because I'm fucking cool and I don't need no one. I'm an exile. <laughs> I'm broken. I'm broken. I can't be reforged. <laughs> or can I? <laughs> uh, then we got a mortal journey. Long ago in an ancient land, many souls gathered beneath the gods to test the limits of their power. Foolish and arrogant, brave and just, their journeys are written into the immortal pages of history. This one's Valiant Sword Riven. I think I've ever seen this. Hmm. Riven trained with Morgana in the arts of politics and war for many years. But where Riven walked the path of justice, Morgana envisioned a world ruled by the gods alone, ultimately defeating their master and assuming the title of empress. Now tasked with bringing her friend to heal, Riven must face Morgana in combat or join her. Mm. And this has a prestige skin. Uh, Riven's destiny is greater than she knows. One day she will determine the fate of the heavens, land, and sea, and awaken the slumbering power of the dragon within her. And this basically is meant to depict a future where she does defeat majestic Empress Morgana and became the Empress herself. Cool. All right, we got 17 more. Um, <laughs> we got Spirit Blossom. <laughs> The Spirit Blossom Festival is an ancient and celebrated time in Ionia. When the door to the spirit world is opened, the dead return to their loved ones, and spirits of all manner turn their eyes towards the living. From the benevolent Khan Mai to the obsessive Akani, their stories play out again and again like shadows on a paper lantern. This is Spirit Blossom Riven. A brave, war a brave warrior from an ancient land, Riven was ignobly cut down in the heat of battle thousands of years ago, her sword shattering in the process. Unable to find peace, she obsessively scours an otherworldly battlefield for pieces of her broken blade, possessed by a horrific darkness that guides her into oblivion. No. Oh, no. Get the darkness. <laughs> then we got uh, Warren Kingdoms. Three great empires vie for land and power, bringing their all to bear in a test of martial might. Armies will clash. Heroes will rise. Legends will be made. God, this sounds like a fucking ad for a mobile game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got Dragonblade Riven. Oh, One tale of the kingdom tells of Riven, her sword forged in dragonfire, descending into an army enclave in the aftermath of battle. Slaying her foes and freeing their captives, she rampaged across the countryside, crushing any who would enslave the innocent. And then we got the best one. Um, the Ruined King. We already talked about this. Well, sorry, I've got a snippet here. <laughs> got a snippy right quickie. <laughs> uh, what they say before circumcision. <laughs> right before Gwen gets them. <laughs> snip, snip. Uh, though their numbers are few, 
The Sentinels of Light share storied history. For years, they fought back the harrowing, aided by ancient relic stone weaponry, weaponry <laughs> that channels their very souls into a powerful light. But all that matters now is the battle ahead as the ruined king lays waste to Runeterra, all to dance with his queen once more. This Ugh. one's Sentinel Riven. She doesn't want to dance with you, man. She doesn't want to dance, man. Fucking take a hint. Fucking dance. <laughs> Do a little... Uh, Riven joins the Sentinels, hoping to atone for her role in the Noxian invasion of Ionia. After fighting her way out of a rapidly destabilizing city of Noxus, she understands that her time may be fleeting. However, she believes her life is a small price to pay to make amends. And there's a level two version of this, which is in Legends of Runeterra. Mm. Must be some sort of a level up. Uh, even that which is fragmented can be made whole, re- <laughs> reforged in purifying light. All repaired objects show their wear, yet light shines through their cracks, showing the beauty of things broken and remade stronger. I don't know. Maybe- She's the blade, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh is that what this has been a fucking bout the whole time? I thought she just needed. And finally, super right? <laughs> uh this is an upcoming one. Oh. Forsaken him. For years, the Aspirant Congregation has fought the Nevergast sect over Aspera, the breath of life. Who and to where? the congregation? Mm. Aspera is a gift one returns upon death to enter the afterlife, but the Nevergast, cursed with an eternal thirst for breaths, believe there is only one life and it must be lived to excess. The war rages on with no end in sight. Okay, I I liked, I saw where that was going at the start and they lost me the, you when did? you said Nevergast. I was like, uh. <laughs> I don't know. They're going with a breath thing, I guess. I don't know. But the. Uh... <laughs> never gasp. Never gasp. Oh, this. that makes a lot this more sense. That's what they should have. Oh, that's what they No, sh- that's not what it is, but it's what it should have been. Okay, well, because you said that. I was like, oh, I just misheard you. That makes way more sense. Okay. Yeah. No, it is the never gassed in uh-huh. the. Uh, in the well, I anyway. Guess, I guess if you've never been gassed, it's probably easy to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask Riven's friends. <laughs> Now, this one's Broken Covenant Riven. Born an aspirant, Riven had no doubts about the congregation's evils until she discovered Nocturne torturing and feeding Nevergast to Chogath. Despite being mortally wounded, she escaped with a prisoner who turned her into a Nevergast to save her life. Now in exile with an endless hunger. Riven fights to redeem herself and her corrupted family. This is like, you know, when you start a new, like, giant fantasy series and you're just. You have so much information you want to get through. And you're like, where am I? Right? They fit so much into that first chapter. It's that, but if the first chapter was like. Two paragraphs. Two paragraphs. If that. This is some Kingdom Kingdom's Heart shit. That's what it got me Oh my God, right? you're fucking right. Uh, oh. Anyway. <laughs> Those are all the AUs. Okay. Now we've just got some fun facts. Hit him, and hit, we're fucking hit me, done, hit baby. Uh, so Riven was a redesign of a concept for the champion Avasha. Oh. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Riven featured in PC Gamer soon after she was announced. Uh, her title was changed to the Shattered Exile when her champion sneak peek was released. 
and was later reverted to the current one when her A New Champion Approaches preview was released. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, that's right, folks. Her title was almost The Shattered Exile, in case, in case, it, in case it wasn't clear. <laughs> they just made her sword, though. Her sword is broken. Yeah. yeah. It's called subtlety, okay? It's called nuance. <laughs> uh, now, Riven is voiced by Christina Valenzuela. Uh, and the bandages she wears are there to hide the permanent scars she obtained from the Zonite Chemtech explosives during oh. the invasion of Ionia. Boo, show them. Right? She's got like a few bandages on her arm. I got an owie wowie. (laughs) (laughs) She's got like a Dora the Explorer band-aid. That's all it took to cover up. Guys, I've suffered too. Right? Big boo-boo right here. Uh, uh, Riven is one of only 24 champions without a single ability power ratio on any ability. And her dance resembles the water dance of Bravos from Game of Thrones. Oh, I don't really remember what it uh, looks like. I don't either. Mean, I don't know I mean. what Bravos is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they it, it's that water dance. Yeah, the the the, the water dance. Yeah. Uh, during development, she was simply called Marth or Exile. <laughs> uh, and finally, oh, actually, I already talked about this. Oh, Riven's name. Yeah, Riven's name. Oh. So, I mean, that's the fun facts. That's that all of them. The that's facts. all of them. I Good did job, them all. Honey. Pretty good. Good job with all those AUs. There were a lot. Yes, there thank were a you. lot of them. Yeah. I'm sorry for just talking at you no, for 17 hours. That's what the AUs, AUs are, honey. <laughs> I mean, this is the part of when I'm editing the podcast where I'll open up League and play an A RAM while I'm listening to it. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I don't need to pay that much attention. Mm-hmm. Oh, efficiency. I like. I liked the never gassed thing because it was so fucking goofy. I want to. I want to see more of that. It is really goofy. It'll be fun. Yeah, I'm excited to. Yeah. I'm, and Cho'Gath is there. Right. Apparently, Cho and Cho'Gath there too. <laughs> Cho'Gath there. Get him. <laughs> Go get him, Vega. Oh man. All right. Well, that was Riven. Do we have any final thoughts? I feel like in general, Riven, I don't feel all that strongly about Riven, even though I like everything that's going on around her and kind of a lot of what they're doing. But Riven herself yeah. is still a little bit dull for some reason. Riv- I don't know what Riven it is. Riven is for sure like the Katniss of this, where everything going on around is just way cooler than I, I find she Katniss far is. more interesting than Riven. I'm going to be uh, honest. <laughs> well, I've never read or seen. You haven't read Hunger Games. Or, or yeah. any. I'm, I, I'm aware of what that he's, who he's that a is. Katniss, <laughs> Katnip? I don't get it. Um, Katniss, monster? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I think you're y'all are spot on. Uh, that's why you know I really hate Rise of the Sentinels. Um, because like, <laughs> <laughs> just as one reason, so just throw it out there. Because 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 all of this is like a really good first act, and her story really should resolve in Noxus, and it's like. I would love for them to keep... What I like the most about Riven is that of almost maybe any league champion, they are pushing the plot forward more than anything else, yeah. it feels like. Yeah. So keep doing that and give her a chance to get a little bit more character now that she can stop being so fucking like stoic and guilty and sad. Yeah, and, yeah. And have it involve Darius it involve, because where we left him off... And put Alistar there, too. He's been questioning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Gotta> plug it. <laughs> <laughs> fucking bring Alistar here right now. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, we done? 
I think, think so. so. That was Riven. Thank you so much for listening, especially if you're still here. <laughs> <laughs> we have a Twitter. It's at Loreheads. We have a YouTube channel as well where we're posting videos of these now. Woohoo! If you want to see our beautiful faces. And we're also, uh, as of today, literally, finally got around to posting some stream stuff. Oh, yeah. John's been posting some so games now. I've got some. Uh, I just posted the... Uh, <laughs> the the sneak peek of Legends of Astravia, um, which was recorded in October of uh, 2022. Cool. So um, you can see that now. <laughs> uh, super timely. And uh, you'll see a few TFT matches from this past weekend, which are much more timely. Will our Valorant video be live by... Uh, by the time this, this airs... Out? What's today? The 8th? Uh, should be. Oh, yeah. It'll oh, be yeah. six days. That oh, so actually, probably not. The, oh. day, the day after you hear this, if you're listening to this when it comes out, <laughs> the Valorant video will be out. Yeah, we're pretty excited about it. Um, it's been on Patreon for about a month now already, but it's uh, us playing Valorant very badly because we don't know what we're doing. It's a short video, it's just, but it's real good. Um, uh, what else do we have? Uh, oh, Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Loreheads, where John plays TFT. And a and- TikTok. Yeah, and TikTok as well. Um, and we have a Patreon. Thank you so much to all of our patrons. But a very special thank you to our Madarda tier patrons. Big Man Gnomes, Chloe Things, King of Hearts, Shupa Moustache, and Techno Robert. If uh, you were exiled from Noxus and I was told to come get you, I wouldn't waste time with an adventure. I would just stab Tiff in the back right away and set you free. Efficient. I like that. That was great. You're welcome. <laughs> you can be reforged. <laughs> but should you? <laughs> also, just fun fact. We had scheduled um, us doing the ruination uh, when we did kind of like a while ago, like months ago. We were like, and then we'll do the ruination this day. It mm. just kind of ended up that we almost did the ruination exactly where it would have fallen alphabetically. We missed it oh, by yeah, like I saw that. two yeah. <laughs> That close. But we weren't trying to do ruination alphabetically. It just landed there on accident. No, we just, yeah. yeah, I noticed that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, please be sure to join us next week for a much shorter episode, I'm sure, <laughs> as we talk about the mechanized menace rumble. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a tone shift. Oh my god.